In this episode, we are looking at Archangel Michael. We take a look at what his energy is like, give you some tips and tricks for connecting to him, and I also give you an incredibly hot take that I have about Archangel Michael, and during it, he gives us a pretty interesting sign of what he thinks of it. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, we're going to talk about Archangel Michael today. What do you think? This is a hot topic. It is. Okay, so we did an episode on all of the archangels, kind of like an overview of the energy. We talked a little bit about each one, and we asked if you guys wanted to hear more about them, and you did. You said, yes, please do episodes on each one. So here we are. Right, and as always, as he loves, Michael is the crowd favorite. Yes, we got to do him first, because could you imagine if I started to talk about a different archangel, there is no way he would allow it. Like things would be falling off the walls, there'd be loud banging noises, the internet wouldn't work, whatever. So right. here we are, Archangel Michael, your first baby. I got I got some um I got some facts. I got some some stories, and I have like kind of a hot take that I have really struggled not to tell you so that you can react to it on on the podcast live. Oh. All right. That's exciting. And and if someone's listening and you're like, why are you talking about this archangel? Like he's your best friend and you don't understand yeah. any of that. Go back. Well, he is Heather's best friend, but go back and listen to the archangels episode. And we'll explain all about how that energy works, how it presents, how it's, you know, sort of crossed over all types of different religions. Um, and that will give you, that's sort of like the foundational episode. Listen to that one. And then if you're, if you also have that like little feeling in your belly, cause Doreen virtue ruins some of this shit for you, please go back and also listen to our Doreen virtue episode. Yeah. We talk about her in both of those episodes. We go over it. Yeah. Archangel Michael is yeah. the most famous, loves the spotlight Archangel. Almost every religion has him in it. He's also known as St. Michael. Wait a minute. I have to interrupt you right now, Heather. Are you wearing a blue shirt right now? Of course I'm wearing a blue shirt. It's like royal blue. Do you see my necklace? Did you do that on purpose? Of course I did. Oh, I love that. We're going to set, we're going to post a picture of Heather and her Archangel Michael outfit. Okay. <laughs> if you want Archangel Michael on your side, you do shit like this. You don't have to do this for the other archangels. I, when we do the other ones, I probably won't dress in their colors. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But I wanted his energy here. I wanted him to help. I wanted him to be present. I really enjoy him. So I will. It's like going to a concert and wearing like the band's t-shirt. That's what yes. I'm doing. I'm wearing. I'm wearing blue pants. Oh, you are wearing blue pants. Not you on probably purpose, did it subconsciously. I did. Yeah. Okay. We're honoring him because listen, you don't want to like not honor them or say a bunch of wrong shit because they're not, you're going to feel that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. I love that you called me out on it. (laughs) So the reason that it's funny that I'm wearing this color shirt in case you didn't hear the other episode is that the color that Archangel Michael um, that's like affiliated with him is like Royal purple or Royal blue. Yep. 
And like we explained on the last episode, actually, I think it was you that explained it, Jamie. It's not like, you know, one day Archangel Michael like picked that color and was like, this is the one I shall love. It's that the frequency of that color and the frequency of the energy of Archangel Michael are very, very similar. Exactly. Okay. So Archangel Michael is in charge of these things. Protection of any kind. Right. Everything to do with cars and automobiles. Right. I have tried to figure out why, like, why is it just that? Why isn't it like also bicycles and airplanes and buses? And I don't get any other answer other than I think he's just a car guy. I think he just likes cars. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, life purpose. Yep. And fixing things. So if you have something broken, if your like refrigerator isn't working or your heater isn't working, you can ask Archangel Michael to help. Yep. He also is a big user of feathers in messages. So yes. he's not the only archangel that uses feathers, but he's certainly the one that uses them the most frequently. And you might see them in the royal blue or purple, or you also might see white. All of those are Archangel Michael letting you know he's around. Yep. I explained this in the episode before, but I will just say it again. It bears repeating. Archangels and angels of any kind are not human and they are not gendered. Yes. They're not girls and boys. <laughs> Right. But each of them has different levels of feminine and masculine energy. So I'm referring to Michael as he because Michael has a lot of masculine energy. Exactly. I think this might be a good time to make the point that Michael has divine masculine energy, not toxic masculine energy. So if you're having a moment of having trouble with the masculine energy, you need to separate the two. Right. Exactly. It's sort of not what our current society has engendered to be these specifically binary characteristics. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. Not at all. And I want you to think in nature for a moment, because if you're a lot of times I talk about how showy and flashy and attention grabbing Michael is, and people are like, that doesn't jive with my idea of divine masculinity. Yes. Think about nature and think about what, like a peacock. The male peacock is the flashy one that like tries to get the female's attention with its beautiful feathers. Like across nature, if you go outside of humans for a moment, the flashy ones, the loud ones, the ones trying to grab the attention are those of the male gender. Right. It, that's not going to make sense if you're using current sort of gender stereotypes, but those shift every 50 to 100 years within our society. So they're all different. So what you're thinking of like, quote unquote, masculine is not what we mean being like energetically masculine or feminine. Exactly. It's the energy. It's not the things assigned to a gender. Correct. And to your point, Jamie, like you can look at pictures of royal men from 100 years ago and they're wearing flashy things and heels and wigs and makeup and all kinds of things. So, you know, again, right, exactly. it's just what it is. And it's different in different cultures, right? So you kind of have to transcend that a little bit. And I will say yes. divine masculine energy loves attention, right? Well, who doesn't love attention? First of all, exactly. But that doesn't, that's not necessarily a toxic trait is my point. No. And, and we've taught men now that they, they shouldn't have big displays of emotion. They shouldn't have things like that. So when you hear that now and you're trying to sort of rectify it against like masculinity, it doesn't track, but that's not what we're talking about. Exactly. Also take it from two loud feminists 
calling in masculine energy to protect you, real divine masculine protection of feminine energy is not demeaning to the woman. No. (laughs) Men are physically built. Some men are physically built stronger than women. That's not what we're talking about when we're saying protection. We're not even getting into that. Like that, I hear that kind of stuff and it's, it's weird to me. I have a ton of masculine energy. Me too. And it's because I'm incredibly protective. Yes, right. Exactly. It's it's not, you have to take out the ger- the gender stereotypes and you have to remove that toxic stuff. And right. in cultures, in nature, like if you go back into pagan times, a lot of the leaders, first of all, leaders were typically in a matriarchal society, both a man and a woman, right? It wasn't yes. just one. Okay. But typically the women would be in their like red tents making decisions and dealing with stuff. And the men would be outside protecting so that they had the space to do that. It wasn't because they couldn't protect themselves. They protected themselves just fine. It was, it was just like the setup of how they operated. Exactly. Okay. That was a tangent, but I feel like it's important. (laughs) I think it's important to talk about gender. Well, always, but, um, when you're talking about things like this. Yeah. So you have to, you have to take it outside of like any of those things and you have to hear it that way. So Michael is very uh, dramatic, loves attention and loves to influence things. And those are not toxic traits. Those are beautiful traits. And I know I'm harping on this, but spoiler alert, I have a hot take that's going to refer back to this that I'm saving to like make you all keep listening. It's a really hot take. People are going to be really panties in a bunch, feathers ruffled when I say it, but this is, this is why I'm harping here. It's important. Well, I'm just going to tease you with a hot take and I'm going to bring it back in a few minutes, but I want to finish talking about our boy here. Okay. Okay. Archangel Michael is often shown with a sword and a shield. Yep. This is the idea of protection. Yes. Okay. Like the shield is the protection. The sword is like fighting for you, all of that kind of stuff. But it isn't in the sense of like, oh, I'm weak. So I need a big, strong warrior to go out and fight for me. It's a symbol of somebody who pushes energy forward. And that's what a sword always represented, right? It was like forward movement. It's a very divine masculine symbol. And the shield is actually a divine feminine symbol. So the fact that he's holding both also is showing you this idea that it isn't about female male. It's about the balance of these energies. Right. Exactly. Can you do the quick explanation of how masculine energy is like a forward arrow and feminine energy like recycles back in? Yeah. So masculine energy, when it's coming out of your energetic body comes generally from your heart chakra or somewhere in your torso area. And it just shoots out and goes straight forward out of your body into the world and it's gone. Feminine energy, when you're using it, it circles almost like like a figure eight or an infinity symbol. So it comes out and then it goes out out of your body and then it comes right back in and it recycles back through your heart chakra and then it goes back out again. And so it's almost like it goes out and it comes back in. So that's why women are all, or generally sometimes women are, they pull like a cardigan on themselves or a, or a blanket over themselves. It's because they're trying to recalibrate their energy when they're doing that. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that symbolism of the sword and the shield is representing that exact thing that Jamie is describing. Like picture like the same, the cardigan picture, putting like a shield in front of you. Right, exactly. And it holds the energy inside of your body. The shield would be 
keeping the energy in your body by being in front of you. Yes, exactly. And the reason you see that sort of like in people with a lot of feminine energy, you see that symbolism of the wrapping and less of the pushing out is because we live in a society that wants you to just push out and not wrap. So we have to like actually like our energy actually pulls us to do that. Right. Like we're, we're sort of subconsciously doing that with our physical bodies because society so very much wants us to only be pushing forward, go, go, go type of energy. Exactly. Okay. The reason I wanted to bring this up and make this a point is because that's actually a big way that Michael likes to protect people. All right. So if you called in Archangel Michael protection, yes, you would feel safe. You know, in, in the episode about the Archangels, I told the story about walking out to a parking lot where there was suddenly it was dark and there was no cars. And then there was a Michael's coupon on my, on my windshield. Cause I asked, to feel, you know, I asked to feel his energy so I could feel safe. Absolutely that too. But what I'd like to get a little deeper about is that sometimes protection is like telling you to rest. Sometimes protection is saying step back. Sometimes protection is saying you're going too far forward or you're not going enough forward. That balance of your energies is something that Michael is really, really good at helping with. Exactly. That's a great way to say it. I think a lot of people feel the need for protection from that more than they realize and probably more often than like, I don't feel physically safe, hopefully more often than that. Yeah. I think we have like a very um, hyper-masculine ideal of what protection means in this country. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would like to say a few things about how to sort of interact with Michael and what that's going to be like. Pro tips, but also like what to expect. (laughs) The first thing is that Michael really wants you to be clear about what you're asking. Okay. Some of the archangels you could just throw an emotion at and you could be like, I don't know. I just need help with this. And they will help. Michael will help. It's not like he's going to be like, nope, I'm not coming. You weren't clear. But he's going to help more if you have clarity. And the reason this is important to know is because if you are asking Archangel Michael for help and you keep getting messages that are pointing you towards getting clearer on what you want, that's him. Oh, that's him looking for clarity from you. That's helping you gain the clarity so he can help you better. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example. If you are asking Archangel Michael to help you with your life purpose, because that's one of his things. So if you're like, help me with my life purpose, help me, help me do my life purpose in the world. And you have no bloody idea what your life purpose is, right? Like you, you're so far away from it. Instead of getting like an opportunity to go out and do it, you might get some information or someone might tell you about a book or something that would gain, help you gain clarity as to what it is. That's probably step one for him. Gotcha. Okay. If you want to get the most out of his help, give him the most amount of information that you possibly can. Even if you just feel like a crazy person, you're like, I need help with this. This is what I know. This is what I'm confused about. That sort of like inner dialogue, or you can do it out loud, is a great way for Michael to help you. Because otherwise, he's just going to like go off on these side things to try to get you clarity. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. I don't see that with the other archangels as much, with the exception of Gabriel. I don't see the other archangels doing that. They're more just kind of responsive to where you are. Okay. Archangel Michael also does something that I, I was going to say I stole it from him, but I learned from him. I'll say it that way. (laughs) He is not just going to deliver you the answer. He is going to make you discover the answer. Oh, right. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. So 
here's, here's an example of this. If I'm doing work with somebody and I can see like something that's in the shadow, right? Like we talked about shadow work in the last episode or a few episodes ago, like, Oh, that's something that like, I don't have fully realized. That's something I don't fully see. And I can't understand why I'm operating like this instead of Archangel Michael, just telling you what it was or me saying, Oh, it's just this we're going to lead you to the answer. So you physically see it yourself. So like I would give you follow-up questions that will help you kind of say the thing that I already know and see it yourself. Yeah. That's a very Archangel Michael thing. He's going to lead you to it. He's not just going to deliver the answer. Well, and that's how you really learn something is by experiencing that moment, Mm -hmm. not by having someone just tell you that's not as impactful. Exactly. So depending on what you're looking for clarity on with the archangels, you'll see this different. I will say like Archangel Raphael, for for example, doesn't give two shits if you understand it. If you're like, and I think that makes more sense for like healing, right? Like the kind of healing you're probably asking for. He's not going to give you that answer. You're going to have to call on a different archangel for that. You're just going to feel that his supportive energy around, right? Michael is going to be like, okay, we're walking to the answer. Let's go. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. He also really, really likes credit. He does. (laughs) He does. So if you sort of felt Archangel Michael energy. And then you just like did that thing where in society, you're not going to like go tell people like, Oh, guess what? Archangel Michael just helped me download. Um, You're just going to say you figured it out. Something's going to happen jokingly, but he's going to like knock something over. He loves to make loud banging noises. Something's going to happen. And you're going to be like, Ooh, (laughs) give the credit. It's sort of like a pesky ghost, like he's knocking books off shelves and stuff. Yeah. And again, think back to pagan times, like we always say, where you, you're you outside of this religious construct or concept that like everything is good or bad or evil or not. Like where you think of gods as like all knowing just only light and good. Like we never saw energies that way. We saw them as having right. both. That's why when you hear about these like pagan gods and things and and goddesses you're like why were they so mischievous well because they're both they're like everything they're a combination of light and dark right so exactly michael wants you to credit him i don't blame him the other thing that i i want to say about michael is that he is one of the only archangels i've witnessed or heard stories about that likes to take human form yes true i think this is one of michael's favorite things to do to be honest yes well, because that's a way to get credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very dramatic. So we're going to, I'm going to tell some stories after we take a break, but there are so many accounts of people being in a tough situation or something hard happening and them talking to someone whose name was Michael. And then that person disappearing into thin air, no record of them. Like that happens right. constantly. People will say a doctor came in and said they were Dr. St. Michael. And then when, you know, Somebody, the nurse came in, they were like, there was no doctor here. We don't have a doctor with that. Like there is thousands upon thousands of stories like this. I have had situations like that where someone said their name was Michael and then walked away. And then I was like, where the heck did that person go? And I was like, oh, damn it. That was Archangel Michael. Right. And in the moment you don't know, which is really frustrating, especially like someone who's a fan who like wore his color and a angel necklace just for him. Right. Like I won't even clock it till after. It's part of the thing. So if you've had an experience like that, it could have definitely been Archangel Michael. Yep. (laughs) He might've shown up, helped you out of that car in the car accident and then disappeared and no one been on his way. Exactly. Exactly. 
These are the things I think are important to know. I don't think you need to be scared of Archangel Michael. He's a great angel to have around. People get like a little nervous, which I do get, but he's just going to make himself known. He's not going to do anything to hurt you, but he is going to, he's, he's playful. Um, He's going to make himself announced, you know, like while I was talking earlier, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you and we can post it um, later. But there was a thing of sage on like the ledge over in my office and it like went flying off when I said he likes attention and it's like now sitting on the floor. Like that's just very common. That's, I was just like, oh, right. there he is. I guess he liked that comment. Right. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens and why we like to tell people to um, look into Archangel Michael first, because he's one of the easiest energies to feel. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you're like, you know, I love this intuitive stuff, but I don't really think I'm into angels and summoning them and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to think of it as like this big winged creature. You can just think of it as the energy of the things you're trying to pull in. Right. If you're someone like me who doesn't actually see angels like that, I just very subtly feel the energy of angels when I call them in. And it's funny because all the angels I feel sort of behind me, Mm -hmm. except for Michael who I always feel is in front of me. That really tracks. Yeah. He's always like just a little bit in front of me, like, Hey, over here, pay attention over here where everyone else is more like supportive. He's like trying to pull me. Yes. And he, if you look at his depiction in most religions, he's usually like considered like the head of the angels. Right. He's like exactly the boss, the leader of all of the angels. (laughs) More on that after the break. That's my tea there with my hot take about that. But I, I honestly don't think the archangels are in some sort of system where they need a leader. I just think his particular energy happens to be so strong and powerful in the way that he chooses to present himself. And I think that's the way it best helps us. So I think that's why it feels like, like people say he's the strongest one. I, I don't think he's stronger than the others. I think that's just the way he presents. Exactly. And if you'd rather think of it as just the energy of these things, totally fine. Yep. Okay. All works. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and I will, after obsessed segment, I will give you, we'll do some personal stories and I will give you the hot take. I promise that people are going to be mad about. (laughs) We'll be right back after this short break. Hey Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, you should know you're married to him. <laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. 
right, this week is a little bit different because it's not something that we are obsessed with. It's something that we're seeing everyone else is obsessed with and something we just want to bring a little bit of clarity to. I would like to say that we were obsessed with it first. We were obsessed with it a year ago. And and everything that people are saying now, we were already saying. So we're obsessed with the fact that people are finally jumping on board with it. But I'm giving us credit. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, well, I think it's like an important distinction. So what we're talking about is that coming up, we are almost, when this episode airs, we are approaching eclipse season. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole episode. We have two, actually two episodes that you can listen to on eclipses and retrogrades. Yeah. And in that, we talk about this a little bit, but I wanted to just bring a little bit of clarity because many people will tell you, that during eclipse season, you cannot manifest. It's not a good time to manifest. It's dicey. Energy's tricky. You got to be careful. Yeah. You literally hear people say like, don't stop manifesting now. Right. And what an astrologer that Heather and I love, Aliza Kelly, she's like a strong proponent proponent of not manifesting during eclipse season. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I'm seeing now is that people are are finally sort of getting the the nuance of this, which is when they say don't manifest during eclipse season, they mean don't do rituals, don't do like actual magic or intuitive work around manifesting during eclipse season. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't mean don't think like positive thoughts or don't have like it doesn't mean give up on your hopes and dreams no and it doesn't mean that you can't listen to the things you desire and go seek them exactly it doesn't mean stop everything it doesn't mean give up and quit it just means don't like don't set your altar to do a ritual spell around manifesting your dream home. Yeah. And it doesn't mean if you do that, then like you're going to get struck by lightning or something. It just means it's not going to work as well. (laughs) It just means that there's going to be probably some bumps along the way that if you just wait a little bit, those bumps probably won't happen. It kind of reminds me of when people say like, don't sign any contracts during Mercury retrograde. And there are, that's, Yeah. yeah, that's good advice, but like there's real life and sometimes you have to. So it's more about going like, hey, if I have to do this, I need to be aware that I'm not in optimal conditions for it. And I need to be ready for it to be more difficult. It's like a proceed with caution sign. Exactly. And I think that people were so stuck in their heads about this, like no manifesting that they were like stopping their thoughts. Like when they were trying to call something in, they'd be like, oh, no, don't think that we're not manifesting during eclipse season. And that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying. Right. It would trip up their intuition because they're like, oh no, I'm desiring something. <laughs> no, that's so that's good. So keep loving the things you love, keep following your intuition, keep going after the things that you want in life. Just sort of roll it back a little bit during eclipse season and just do all that stuff internally. Yeah. And if you if you're in the middle of doing something or you really want to manifest something, you still can work on it. Just know it's kind right. of like it's kind of like, yeah, you, I think this is the example I used in the eclipse episode where you can go tend to your garden, but it's going to go better if like the soil is in the right time and like the weather is right. And like, it's not like the, the sun is out. That's going to be a better experience for you to go tend to your garden. 
Right. But it doesn't mean you can't go out and tend to your garden during thunder and lightning. You could, but it's riskier and you're probably not going to get as good results and it's going to feel a lot more miserable. So it's not going like you can't do it. It's just going the conditions you're going to do it in are not optimal for aligning with what you want. Exactly. I love that. The conditions are not optimal during an eclipse season. Yeah. So it's okay to just rest and dream about it and journal about it and think about it and and wait for the energy to feel right. And it's also okay to override that and do it if you think that's the right thing. Exactly. Just wear a raincoat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now go forth into eclipse season. Go for it. Okay, let's let's talk about a few Archangel Michael stories. Okay. I have one I'm going to tell you, but the one that I'm going to tell you kind of, it's like one in a sea of millions. <laughs> if you just Google this, you will find so many people with stories about interacting or coming into contact with Archangel Michael. Yes. And a lot of people will say like, why are you so obsessed with Archangel Michael? Why, why do you fangirl and wear his colors? to the podcast episode about him. And I I mean, and I, I'm like kind of joking about it, but what I will say is that when you have an experience like this with any sort of energy that's so strong and life altering, it really, you become very connected to it. So that's why people feel so strongly about this. That's why people, you know, that's why I'm always wanting to talk about it. That's why I want to bring this energy back, you know, however you want to view it. Because you can have these kinds of experiences. And I think a lot of people have had experiences like this. They just didn't know who or what it was. Does that make sense? Right. Exactly. Yep. So a lot of people have stories of being in car accidents and being saved or assisted by Archangel Michael. These scenarios always read to me as what you would see in like a lifetime drama. Right. Like or like a like a lifetime Christmas movie, which I personally love. Yeah. Um, like but these sort of like random encounters that like when Heather tells these stories, this is what I envision. Yes. And this is in the best way possible. I'm not saying like I, I love it. Yeah. This is what's hilarious about this is that I despise lifetime movies. Jamie <laughs> loves lifetime movies. And everyone would guess it was the opposite if you know our personalities. But, yep. And despise is too strong. Like but I just. I sit there and I'm like talking, I'm thinking about the plot holes and whatever. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's a problem for a deep thinker, right? Exactly. So uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm going to tell you them and I believe them and I don't even like a lifetime movie. Right. Exactly. So it's like, not like Heather's sort of fallen into this trope of like the mysterious angel of the highway accident like Heather is very skeptical of this yeah I don't if I see a lot of people telling the same story I'm usually like the first to show up to be like let's debunk what's what's going on here and I'm like fully on board the train (laughs) yeah and you all know how we feel about conspiracies and conspiracy theories and critical thinking exactly exactly okay so there are so many stories of Archangel Michael showing up in so many different forms like as a figure at car accidents and you can, you can Google them. They're really, really cool. You'll see the thread of similarity on, especially in how the person felt around the energy of the person as when they were the person in quotes, right? Cause it was Michael. Right, um, right. And then when they left, you'll see that. And, and it's one of those things that to me, like you can't 
lie or fake what energy feels like. Like that's a really hard thing for humans to do. Exactly. Sort of like when you hear about people talk about near death experiences, which I think would be a great episode, by the way. And there's so much similarity. Like everyone's walking down a tunnel. They see a flash of light. Like there's so many things. And it's like, would we all just really stick to the script or are we all saying what this energetically is like? And there are so many stories about Archangel Michael and these happenings that even if you take out a fraction of them as people lying or fabricating or whatever, even take out that portion and there's still so many stories of it. So many accounts. Exactly. It's just one of those things where you're like, okay, there's definitely something here. Right. So what you'll see, some of my favorite, I'll tell mine in a minute, but some of my favorite ones are like, you know, someone was trapped in a car and the, the first firefighter or EMT on the scene said, I'm here, you know, my name is Michael, I'm going to help you out. They undo their seatbelt, help them out. And then the person who just got helped out turns around for a minute and turns back and that person's gone. And they're like, where did that, you know, person go? And then the people come on the scene and they're like, who are you talking No one else was here. Right. And they have this moment of like, well, then how the hell did I get out of the car? Right. Right. And you hear also, like, it's not just the person who maybe you're like, okay, well, you just went through a trauma of a car accident. Maybe you bumped your head. I hear police officers and firefighters and EMTs talk about this all the time. In fact, a lot of times when I used to, you know, speak places or go places and help, you know, people learn about intuition, these would be the kind of stories that people in these fields would love to tell. And, you know, Archangel Michael is their like representative like of, of police, of firefighters, of EMTs, right? So it makes sense that they would have more encounters with him. But I'm telling you, people who were very skeptical would tell stories of coming on the scene and, and talking to the first person that was there who was helping out named Michael, and then they were gone. Right, exactly. So very common. I've even heard it with like, they'll show up as a priest or as, you know, like it, it doesn't matter the form he takes. I think he, I think he like looks at the situation and picks the best one and, yeah. or the one that will create the best story. Right. And then does that. So you hear this a lot. Yes, you do. Super fun to look into. I think that Michael just happens to help a lot of people out. And if the best form for him to take is like of a human who like needs to like get you out of something, that that's what he'll do. Exactly. It's really cool. You will also hear stories similar to mine. So I'll tell you what happened to me. I was actually driving home from my aunt's house who if you know Massachusetts at all, she lives on the Cape. So it's coming back from the Cape. That's such a Massachusetts thing to say. You were down the Cape. Down the Cape. And I was coming back and I had gone down the Cape to my aunt's house because she was having a party with a medium. I know, right? It's like the perfect story. Now, the thing that's funny about this is that the, I was, I was 17 at the time. My throat chakra just got a little like about the next thing I'm going to say. Did you hear it? It was like, I did. Yes. <laughs> I was 17 and my, I used to have these mediumship parties with this certain medium whose name was Sharon, who would come, <clears throat> come on, throw a chakra. We can do it. And she, <laughs> she would do readings and I would get a reading too. And she was really, really good. But the reason that I went all the time was because she would always tell me about how I had a life purpose in doing this work myself and that I might not be a medium, but I was going to talk about intuitive concepts. And like, she was one of the first people who, when I walked in the room, she could tell I had all the gifts I had and I couldn't hide it. And like, I had to like 
sort of be that in front of her. So it was like a safe space for you to actually just show up somewhere as yourself. The first one ever where, you know, I hear this from people sometimes too, that I give this reaction. I know you've heard it too, Jamie, where like, you know, oh, I can't mask who I am because you can see it. So there's, it's scary, but it's also a relief. Right. And so to a super intuitive teenager who like literally no one around her knows <laughs> to, it, it was a big moment. And I know I'm like harping on it, but like it, it was a very, she was a very influential person in who I became. Yep. And so just to remind you, Archangel Michael is the angel of life purpose. So it makes right. sense that he would have already been with me in the car on the way home. Yeah. The energy of that was already building. Exactly. So I'm driving home. And I'm actually pretty close to home. It's about an hour drive for me. And I'm, I'm probably 15 minutes away from home. And I see a car coming from like a side road really, really fast. Like so fast that you can hear it. And at the same time, I look back to my front and there's a car, like I'm on a long straight road. The car that's coming towards me has veered into my lane. Uh-oh. And I'm like what do I do? So I didn't specifically say, Archangel Michael, help. I just did the thing that I always do intuitively is just go like help and kind of like lift it up to whoever. Right. Send the spotlight up. Yeah. Beam, beam me up. There's a problem. Whoever, like you don't have enough time in that moment to like think about that. Like you just go, Ooh, I need help. Right. Does that make sense? It's almost like, it's like almost like an energetic, like bat signal. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. All right, so I, I turned the bat signal on and I heard Archangel Michael. I audibly heard. Okay, that's not that's rare for me. I'm not like a super clairaudient person. I'm more a clairvoyant. Yeah. I heard him say, close your eyes. Yikes. I felt I had my eyes closed, but I felt this like be I felt a flash of light. Do you know what I mean by that? Like you feel the energy of lightning yes. on you. And I was like, Even though my eyes were closed, I was almost blinded by blue light. Okay. And I'm sort of thinking as it's happening, like these, this is the cars hitting me all this light. Yeah. I can hear the noise of cars crashing. I am thinking I'm in the car accident. Okay. My eyes are closed. When I open my eyes, when I hear, I hear Michael say open, that's all he said, open. And then I opened my eyes and there are two cars who have crashed into each other on both sides of my car, which is untouched. I feel a little verklempt right now. <laughs> this, is this is a weird response for okay. me. Yikes. So I look and I immediately do the thing that I do, even at 17, is I jump out of the car and start tending to the people because there are people in the road. There, it's, it's like a mess, okay? And we're on a busy road. It's night. It's dark. So I'm tending to them. It's a whole, there's a whole other side story that I won't get into, but basically um, there were two drunk drivers that hit each other. One of them was a cop who fled the scene who I found, again, felt, I felt an intuitive pull to go to his car. He was screaming, don't come near my car, (laughs) which is usually a sign that you should probably go towards someone's car. Right. So I went over and his fiance at the time, they broke up after uh, was wedged underneath like the seat. Like she had gone under the dash and was like stuck there. She, I think she had a broken leg. And so I ran over and was trying to help her. He, he fled the scene at the time. He was very drunk. Um, he was found. It was, it was fine. It was whole thing. At the, I'm whole, and so I'm holding the door off of the girl because the door is coming in and crushing her. They hit really hard. And 
I'm also yelling at the other drunk driver who's in the street, like spitting out teeth and throwing up. Like it's a whole scene that I'm in the middle of. Oh my God. And of course I am directing, right? And you're 17. 17. I'm also on the phone with the, with the police trying to say where I am and like have conscious thought while keep other people from being hit by cars and crushed by a car and fleeing the scene. The the person, the drunk driver cop is screaming at me that he's going to hurt me if I don't move away from his car and I'm ignoring him. Like it's a whole thing going on. Right. So the police finally get there. There's also people coming to try to help and try to tear this girl out of the car. And I'm like physically fighting them off because you don't move a person in this situation. No. Okay. You don't. Okay. Correct. It's a dramatic story, you guys. Okay. So the police come. I'm talking to them. I realize I've. I've lost the driver and I, I like start apologizing to the cop for it. Who's like, um, honey, it, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. You weren't in charge of keeping track of everyone. And I was like, like, hell I wasn't buddy, but <laughs> you're like, you don't know me, sir. Yes. So the cop says, which car were you in? And I was like that one. And so my car has glass all over the front of it, but there is no, my car has not been crashed into somehow. It doesn't make any sense, Jay. The the two cars hit like um this like if the one car like the front corner of it smashed into the front of the other car, and they yep. bounced off of each other and are on both sides of my car that is just covered in glass but isn't scratched. And so the cop can't understand what happened. He's asking me a million times, how did your car get in the middle of these two cars? Because if I had pulled up after, it would not have been covered in glass, right? He keeps saying this. And I'm just like, you're like, well, I, well, I called the bat. I threw up a left bat signal. And then I called an archangel in to help me. And then he said, close your eyes. Imagine how that would go right. if you said that. I literally, all I said to him was, I don't know what happened. I closed my eyes. <laughs> That's what I'm repeating. And he's like, I don't understand how your car got there. And I, it, but if it's covered in glass, this doesn't make any sense. Like he's actually having a bit of a crisis over it. Like you're getting verklempt hearing it. He was getting upset because he could tell something supernatural had occurred that I was on. And he's like, how do I write the report on this? Literally. I don't know how to document this. Yeah. Like I still see this cop sometimes and he still says to me like, Oh, remember that? I tell that story all the time that somehow you were miraculously protected, you know? Yeah, it's, it's okay. So he says, I'm going to get your tow, your car towed because I don't trust that something's not wrong with your car. I don't, I can't understand that your car is not hit. Right. So what the smart thing to do would have probably been to stay and wait for the tow truck. But I was like, hell no. So I just jumped in my car and drove off. Oh my God. I had left him my name and information for further stuff about the car accident and because I wanted an update if the person was okay. But that's, that's what happened. And I know as someone who could hear the voice of like spirits, if I needed to, I know it was Archangel Michael who told me that I can, I know by the way of his voice, by the feeling of the energy that like enveloped me when it happened. Do I think like he magically floated down and blocked my car with his giant wings? I do not. Can I explain what happened? I absolutely cannot. Do some people not believe me? Probably. I don't really care. But those are the kinds of stories you hear about Archangel Michael. And you may have had one and not even realize. Right. And if you're skeptical of this story and you're like, well, how did it happen? You're trying to figure it out through the lens of like a mere mortal of this, this human being who doesn't understand 
like fully understand how things like that can work. Even you, Heather, who you have like an open relationship with Archangel Michael and you still don't fully understand, like we're, we're, that's not how humans are designed. Exactly. And that brings me to a point that I think is important to make because sometimes people hear these kinds of stories and they get upset because they know someone or love someone who like passed away in a car accident. And they'll be like, well, why weren't they protected? Good point. Good question. I don't have an answer. I don't think it's like I earned more points than somebody else. I know it's not that. I don't know why sometimes angels can interfere and help and sometimes they can't. I think that there's laws of things that are bigger than what you and I could guess or or understand, but it certainly does not have to do with the fact that anyone's a better person than the other one. Yeah. It's not worth or value. No. It's like what the plan was. The plan wasn't for you to die then. Yeah. For some reason, the plan was for me, I think, to have that experience where it was clear that something very supernatural had happened to me. Do I know why? No. Do I know that 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 situation, that day, that night influenced my life? It did. So do I completely get why that happens for some people and not others? No. Do do I feel anger that it doesn't, other people aren't saved sometimes? You bet. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't. Agree. I think if we try to explain it too much or attach like the religious view of like, well, you prayed the right way or you were a good enough person or the world still needed you, then I think that's kind of a shitty thing to do and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, so that, that's that. Would you yep. Would you like to hear my hot take? Um. Yes. I, I, I actually struggled with whether or not to say it. No, you have to. I know, but I'm just telling you. You've gone too far. I know. Well, I, I was, Jamie and I say all the time, there are very few things that we feel are like off limits or that we feel tentative about like bringing up. But this hot take, I think is, I can feel people mad at me already. I can't wait to hear it. I'll fight it all for you, but I can't wait to hear it. I hope I haven't oversold it, but okay. In religion, especially Archangel Michael is shown as sort of a opponent to Lucifer. Yeah. So Lucifer in religion is the devil and it, the story is that it's a fallen angel. Right. And Lucifer and Michael worked together. This is religious stories. Okay. For yeah. right. to do a lot of things. And then Lucifer started questioning God and Michael and Lucifer fight. Right. And then Lucifer has a fall from grace. Exactly. Okay. There are so many stories. There are like TV shows. There are, all kinds of things, movies. movies built around Michael and Lucifer and sort of their, like there's a TV show called Lucifer. And mm-hmm. in that TV show, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Michael, Archangel Michael and Lucifer are twins. Oh, okay. Nice. So here's my hot take. Are you ready? Yeah. I think that the modern day or the religious character created to be Satan or Lucifer is based on Archangel Michael. Really? Like his shadow? No, I think they just said, well, real divine masculine energy can't be what we show. So what Michael stands for is all of the things that we want people to feel shame about. So let's create a character based on that. 
and have them be the devil. Wow. <laughs> so let me give you some examples. That is a hot take. Okay. Think of, think of, I mean, people might be mad, but they can be mad. This is just my theory. No, yeah. And they're not listening to this. No, I don't think a lot of religious people listen. <laughs> okay. It's just my theory. It's just my hot take. Okay. The devil did not exist. This is a, a thing made up by religion, mainly Christianity, exactly. right? That there's a devil. Yeah. There was no devil in any pagan anything. That was not a thing. We didn't see things the way that religion shows them to us. So it was just entities and energies of things and shadow and light and, and everything was a mix of good and bad and there's polarity and, every, polarity and everything. And religion came in and tried to change that. And one of the things that they tried to kidnap from us was a sense of individuality, leading by your own story and feeling safe. Yeah. Those are all the things that Archangel Michael represents. Exactly. So if you want to create a bad guy, let's think of the way that it's that like Satan is depicted, even still in modern culture. He's flashy. He's loud. He likes attention, right? Like he wants to be seen. He wants to trick you. He wants to be mischievous, right? Like it's sort of taken on this, this sort of role that is very Archangel Michael. So you think that in religion and Christianity, that Lucifer and Archangel Michael are the same person. I think Lucifer is a made up con angel that didn't exist, that they just took the traits of Archangel Michael. Did you hear that big? <gasps> I hope that was audible on the podcast. Jamie's hiding it. Well, if it wasn't something literally just fell in Heather's house. Nothing did. It was just a loud bang. I don't know. It sounded like something fell off a wall. Nothing did. Okay. That was, I think he likes this theory. So they took that, right? They They said, what, how do we depict that? And how do we make the things, instead of people calling on Archangel Michael, the real Archangel Michael, and having like clarity on their own life purpose and feeling safe and like, following their desires to become who they're meant to be. Let's make all of that stuff the work of the devil. And then we'll just give like our, meaning Christianity's Archangel Michael, we'll give him all this like hyper-masculine, protective, tough guy stuff. Exactly. We'll give him toxic masculinity and take divine masculinity and project it as bad traits in Lucifer or the devil. Oh my God. This is a hot (laughs) Told you, Jamie is like making her hands a visor on her head currently, which is hilarious. She's trying to shield, like she wants to know, but she's shielding it from herself a little bit. No, I'm shielding us from everyone who's going to be furious <laughs> think about, when they hear this. It makes so much. Think sense. about this: if if you were to create a character right now based on Lucifer, and you were to write him into a TV show, you would write Archangel Michael. Yeah, he'd be like a fun-loving, like flashy dresser. Yeah, and like all about himself and like liking attention and not following the rules. Mm -hmm. That's not the way a good Christian, quote unquote, would act. So if you want to take the quote unquote most powerful angel and sully it, what better way to do it than to say all of those traits are what the, the devil is, what Satan is? Wow. If you want to disconnect people from really powerful energy and say that yeah. it's evil. Right. 
confuse people. Wow. So when they're calling on Archangel Michael and they're experiencing that energy, they start thinking of Satan. Oh my God. Okay. Are you okay? This is incredible. Okay. That's my thought. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's just a ripoff of Archangel Michael. That's all I think that that is. I, I've never felt the energy of anything that was like Lucifer or Satan. And Archangel Michael would 100% question if, if you want to say God, right? I'll say the universe. He would be like, show me some clarity on, on why you think that. You know, the archangels right. are here to help humans, right? But religious depictions of them are very, very different. So if you're going to like, again, sully the name or like hurt that connection between, you know, religion wants people to connect through other things, right? Like you have to connect right. through a uh, higher up in your religion. Cults do the same thing, right? You don't have direct access. Right. So archangels are direct access. But also don't, don't forget that archangels exist outside of religion. Like that's how we've been sort of, taught is to think of them as being Christian. But like we said in the other Archangel episode, they exist across the pl platforms of different religions and back into pagan times, which simply only means like pre-organized religion. So like, but, but Lucifer did not. No, never. So that's the difference is if you're like having this sort of internal conflict right now and you're like, well, then why is Michael in the Bible? Be because he was taken and put into the Bible, just like, but Lucifer was created and put into the Bible, but people knew of the energy of archangels well before any organized religion. Yes. And if you're trying to find evidence of that in history, they're not called archangels. They're called gods. Right. God, right. Gods and goddesses. Exactly. Yeah, it's the same thing. Or they're saying an entity or the energy of this or the energy of that. The term of archangel was sort of brought about by religion, but the energy right. of it is much different. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. Oh, that's incredible. What do you think? I love it. I'm on board. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a big one. I mean, I thought it was, I thought the car crash story was big and this is even bigger. The car crash story was like a vulnerable story to tell because it's me kind of going on that limb of like, look. I believe in this and like it, people are going to think it's tutti frutti or that I'm making it up. So there's that, but like, that doesn't really bother me that much. I think I, that ship has kind of sailed. Like people know right. that way, yeah. Yeah. but to see yes. something so out there of that theory, I mean, I don't think it's out there. I think it's pretty plausible to be honest with you, but to say something that right. I know would ruffle feathers or hurt people's brains, I feel like protective of other people hearing it, but I'm not religious. So I don't, need, right. I don't need to think and play by those rules. I can respect other people's, but I don't need to not say something because it might upset a group. That's not who I am. Exactly. And I think it should be noted that every single time we say something like this about, you know, the car accident story or anything like that, that you or I feel like, you know, we said too much, we exposed ourselves too much. People are going to think X, Y, and Z. Those are the times when we always hear from people who are like, oh my God, that happened to me too. Or this thing that was so similar happened, or I thought I was the only one that had that happen. So it's always very affirming when you are vulnerable and share your stories. Exactly. And, and I think you and I don't care if people believe or agree. I think that's what's unique here. Like <laughs> it, right. this isn't right. a cult. This isn't a religion. This isn't the kind of spirituality that we're asking you to like fully believe everything that we say to you. 
We are trying to present you with information, with facts and with opinions and let you decide. That's how it really should be. So if you heard any of those things and you don't agree, cool. Awesome. Cool. Good job for yourself. If you do agree, fine. But like Jamie's saying, what happens most often is that even if it's something that people see a little bit differently, they really relate and appreciate to like hearing something that they feel kind of represents them a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. There are my two vulnerable stories in a row, by the way. Love them both. Thank you for sharing. You see why I had to wear his color today to be brave enough to sign both of those? Yes. And why your throat chakra was furious with you. There was loud banging. I, yeah. I can't wait to listen back and hear. I, I hope you guys could hear it. Jamie hid in her sweatshirt during it. Just so <laughs> I did. I did. All right. Well, let's, let's go spend the rest of our day calling Archangel Michael in to support us. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please... Go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on. Can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.